Can the Tennessee Titans stop Lamar Jackson? We're going to talk about that and more on a crossover Thursday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. Let's get it. You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Crossover Thursday, Locked on Titans, Locked on Ravens. Very excited to dive into this matchup. Before we do, want to let you know that this Crossover Thursday episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use code locked on NFL, all lowercase, for a first deposit match up to $100. I am Tyler Rowland, host of Locked on Titans, here with Kevin Allstriker, host of Locked on Ravens. Kevin, we've talked quite a bit in the past with all the matchups with the Titans and the Ravens over the last few years. This is definitely going to be a physical matchup across the pond in London. Before we get into the storylines, the matchups, our predictions, thank you for making Locked on Titans, Locked on Ravens your first listen. Listen each and every day. Remember, Monday through Friday, Ravens, Titans content, all apps, all year long, and always for free. Make sure you get subscribed, stay subscribed. Shout out to our everydayers out there. Uh, we're going to have our game plan episodes tomorrow, previewing the game. We're both going to be live on our YouTube channels after the game, breaking down everything that happened. So make sure that you stay with us, stay locked in to the Locked on Titans and Locked on Ravens podcast. With that being said, though, Kevin, we do got to get into the big storylines in this game. And the Titans are technically the home team. In this one, I believe, although both teams are on the road in London. So I will be a uh, a courteous guest here, or a courteous host, and let the guest go first. Kevin, what's the big storyline for the Ravens heading into this matchup? Well, I appreciate that generosity, Tyler. And yeah, <laughs> right, right. for the Ravens, I think you could go with two, but I'll go with the sloppiness. Injuries have been a big part of the Ravens season so far, but they're mm-hmm. starting to get healthier and they've gotten a lot of their guys back. And that trend is starting to move in a positive direction. But what really hasn't has been the sloppiness. And it's come in a bunch of different ways to a bunch of different extremes. For example, week one against the Houston Texans, the Ravens have 13 penalties in that game. And you can kind of chalk that up to, oh, it's week one. The Ravens didn't really play their starters in the preseason. It's some sloppiness. And the penalties have gotten better. But then you go to week three against the Colts, and this is all happening against their AFC South over there, Tyler. But (laughs) the Colts, they start Gardner Minshew. Anthony Richardson is out for that game. The Ravens have four fumbles on four consecutive drives in that game. Two are lost, two are recovered, and it ends up keeping the Colts in the game. You know, the sayings, don't play with your food, and the Ravens definitely did that. And the Colts end up coming and winning that game in overtime. So that was a loss that probably they should have won, but you know, what it could have, should have. You can't win the games. You don't deserve to win. The Ravens didn't didn't deserve to win that. Then in week five last week, the Ravens have seven drops. Well, they were charted for seven drops. Some people, you know, said, say there were eight, maybe there were nine. But regardless, three touchdowns were dropped wide open in the end zone from Lamar Jackson. And it wasn't like there was a defender in the area and making a play on the ball. And those balls got dropped. Literally, there was no one around the receivers. The Ravens dropped the passes. And again, what they did was they kept the Steelers in the game for that Steelers offense that has looked pretty abysmal throughout the entire year so far. The Ravens scored 10 points total when they probably should have scored anywhere from 20 to 28. But again, 
Woulda, coulda, shoulda. If you would have caught the right. ball, you would have scored the touchdown and they didn't do it. Yep. So the sloppiness has been so big for them and such a big storyline for them because we could be talking about a 5-0 football team, but we're not because of the lack of preparation, the lack of execution, and with mm -hmm. such high expectations surrounding a team that, look, John Harbaugh's not a rookie head coach here. This is a veteran experienced guy. So I'm not one to put the blame all on the players or all on the coaches. I'm of the, I'm of the belief that it's a little bit of both. You can obviously blame one side more based off the circumstance, but right. there have been a couple of situations where there have been key miscommunications, like on a free kick, say Flowers there catches the ball, gives the Colts the two-minute warning to work with to put them into overtime. In week five, they have an opportunity for three points before the half. It's fourth and two. The plan is to kick the field goal, but Tyron Linderbaum snaps the ball when they were just supposed to call a timeout because he oh. thought Quan Alexander jumped off sides. It was incomplete. The Ravens get no points. So oh, that type no. of stuff, they had timeouts. They could use those timeouts. It's both on the players and on the coaches, and they have to figure it out. Right. Yeah, they just really need to button things up. And you talk about the sloppiness. I'm sure we'll mention it more. Uh, just looking back at the film from last week of the Ravens, that drop pass in the end zone with, uh, what was it, number seven? I believe yeah, Rashad uh, Bateman, yeah. Which, yeah Rashad it's, Bateman. it's almost like a which yeah. one at this point because there were so right. many. Right, Bateman dropped one. I saw one where Andrews kind of floated out of his route and got in between him and Zay Flowers, and he dropped one in the end zone. So I'm with you. The sloppiness is a big thing. For the Titans, it's not really sloppiness. It's what are they going to be as a team going forward? Because the Titans are in a spot where if they go to Baltimore and they lose, and let's say – I think Baltimore is better than their record, and I think the Titans may be worse than their record. So if the Titans do lose in an ugly fashion to the Ravens, the big conversation and the big storyline is, is it time to tank? And we say tank, and tank has the negative connotation to it and all of that, but you could say commit to the future. Because if you're the Titans and you're 2-4, and four, and a lot of Titans fans, and I'm sure like Kevin Byard already said it in the locker room this week, well, we were 2-4 and four in 2019, and we went to the AFC Championship game. Well, everyone is neglecting to remember that there was a big change after six weeks, and Ryan Tannehill went in at quarterback. A fresh, new, better quarterback and 30-year-old you know, 30 year old version of Ryan Tannehill isn't walking through that door. Prime 2019 Derrick Henry isn't walking through that door. And more importantly than anything, A.J. Brown ain't walking through that door. And DeAndre Hopkins is good. I still think DeAndre Hopkins is a top 20 wide receiver in the NFL but he's not a top-five wide receiver in the NFL like A.J. Brown. So that's different. And honestly, I should have kept going even more because the Titans' offensive line is not walking through that door. They had their ups and downs, but Taylor Lewan, Roger Saffold, Ben Jones, Jack Conklin, that was a totally different talent level on the offensive line than what the Titans have right now. So if the Titans dropped a 2-4 and four in this game to one of their longest rivals, and it's ugly, Coming back from that bye, or coming back from London and heading into the bye for the Titans, it's time to consider playing one of the young quarterbacks. It's time to consider trading some of the veterans. This is a crossroads for the Titans season, this game right here, and that is by far and away the biggest storyline. But with that being said, we are going to move into our big matchups in this game. What are we watching for with positional groups? Who do we think will decide this one? And we're going to give our predictions for this game at the back half of the show. Before we get into all of that, though, do want to let you guys know that today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Look, guys, Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. It could not be simpler. Here's the entire process you go on to Prize Picks and you look at the projection that they have for each player. 
let's say Derrick Henry, 60 rushing yards. Lamar Jackson, 80 rushing yards. Lamar Jackson, two passing touchdowns. DeAndre Hopkins, four catches. Ryan Tannehill, one interception. All you do is pick two to six players and say whether that player is going to do more or less than the prize picks projection. You don't have to play against a bunch of pros, not a bunch of bots with a thousand lineups and all these sharks trying to find some value there. It's just you against the prize picks projection again. It could not be easier. It takes 60 seconds or less to submit an entry, and if you get it right, you can get up to 25 times your money. Head to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL. Use the code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL. Use the code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. It's prizepicks. Daily Fantasy Made Easy. All right, Ravens fans, Titans fans, we are going to continue a crossover Thursday. We talked about our big storylines. Now we need to talk about the matchups in this game. Before we get into it, thank you again for making Locked on Ravens and Locked on Titans your first listen each and every day. Do want to remind you guys that Locked on is kicking up our coverage with Locked on NFL Kickoff Live. Each Friday, Locked on will go live at 2 p.m. Eastern on every Locked on NFL YouTube channel. So that's Locked on Titans, Locked on Ravens as well. Host Tanitra Batiste, Jarvis Davis, and Kyle Krabs break down every game on the NFL slate to get you ready for your team's matchups, your fantasy lineups, your betting angles, and more. Plus, you're going to get in-depth local analysis from our stable of NFL hosts, including me and Kevin, of course, uh, to make sure that you are as informed as you possibly could be. Find Locked on NFL Kickoff Live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern on any Locked on NFL YouTube channel. Kevin, I put you in the hot seat to give us a storyline in the first segment. I am going to kick us off here with the matchup to watch. And for me, it is all about the Titans' interior defensive line in their front seven against the Baltimore Ravens' run game. The Ravens are the fourth best running attack in the NFL right now. I do believe third or fourth off the top of my head, about 146 yards per game. Obviously, it's a very varied run game, and it looks like this has continued with Todd uh, Todd Monken at offensive coordinator. You have power runs, you have zone runs, you have quarterback read option. I mean, the Ravens do a little bit of everything. They have a ton of different running backs that they can use if they want to, and the most dangerous weapon of all, Lamar Jackson. Last week, the Titans gave up 193 rushing yards to the Indianapolis Colts. That was a complete shocker. Prior to that, the Titans hadn't allowed a 100-yard rushing running back in 21 games. And they let Zach Moss, the Titans got mossed, is what I said all last week, because they let Zach Moss look like prime Emmett Smith. And the reason that that happened is because the Titans got whooped on the interior, their defensive tackles. And that includes who I would consider the Tennessee Titans' best player, and that's Jeffrey Simmons. Jeffrey Simmons did not have a good game. He's dealing with an ankle injury, dealing with a shoulder injury picked up. He got pushed around. The Titans are without their starting nose tackle, Tier Tart, in that game. He's injured with a knee injury. They had Kyle Pecco, Jaleel Johnson, Naquan Jones, practice squad guys, and backup interior defensive linemen, and they simply got bullied. The Titans linebackers got blocked. They didn't shed any blocks. 
And if the interior trio of the Baltimore Ravens with, I believe the starters still are John Simpson, Tyler Linderbaum, uh, Kevin Zeitler. Is that all correct? Yep. That's what I thought I saw out there. It's hard sometimes with the numbers on offensive line, but if they bully the Titans interior, their two interior defensive linemen and their linebackers, the way the Colts bullied the Titans, then the Ravens are going to be able to run down their throat. And if you allow the Ravens to run the ball consistently with success, you have zero chance of stopping them because they're in advantageous situations in the passing game. Lamar Jackson can scramble for short, easy third and pick up, uh, third down pickups. It just makes it way too difficult. So for me, it's all about the Titans' defensive line, linebackers, the front seven, rebounding in this game. And if they can stand up to the physical test and play better than they did last week against the Colts, then the Titans may have a chance to win this game. But it all starts up front with the Titans' defensive line and the run game of the Ravens. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, you must have went first, so you could have taken that one from me. Because that's, exactly, yeah, that, I knew that's exactly where I was going with it. Because I, I'll, I'll put a different twist on it, though. I think yeah. for the Ravens, I'll go with the pass rush a little bit of the Titans. Mm-hmm. Now, the outside yeah. linebacker guys for Tennessee, you know, Arden Key, Harold Landry, et cetera, have, you know, they're not Jadavian Clowney or some of those guys. Clowney's played really great for the Ravens. Actually, I know mm-hmm. a former friend over there in Tennessee right, for you, Tyler. Right. <laughs> but, of course uh, he is. They've signed Kyle Van Noy, who's provided some pressures. The Ravens are actually mm-hmm. second in sacks this year. But yeah. on the mm-hmm. offensive line, when it comes to stopping pressure on Lamar, the past two weeks, they've faced Miles Garrett and TJ Watt in back-to-back yeah. weeks. That's all. Yeah. It's always tough, right? Those are two of the best defensive players in the NFL. Yes. And Ronnie Stanley's been a player to watch. He hasn't had the greatest start to the year. He was out for a little bit with a knee injury he suffered in week mm-hmm. one. But against that Steelers vaunted front, that I, it includes Alex Highsmith, too, who I think is a very yeah, good player. He had the most pressures by far allowed. He was the culprit on the Lamar strip sack late in the game. Mm-hmm. Whereas Patrick McCary, on the other hand, who has been filling in, he can play all five positions. He's been filling in for Stanley, filling in for Morgan Moses last week when he went down. Moses returned to practice. But Lamar has looked a lot more dialed in this year when it comes yeah. to taking that pressure and not getting his internal clock sped up, going through his reads and making decisions. It hasn't been perfect. There have been a couple of bad decisions by Lamar that have been made. But part of it has been... Sometimes the defensive pass rush just gets in the offensive backfield in like two seconds. And he, yeah. even though he can escape and he's the, he's the, he's Houdini, right? He can do all that right. stuff. He can't do it all. Like you can't make Lamar do everything in that offense. So mm-hmm. for me, if the Ravens can figure out a way to not let these Titans pass rushers have big miles Garrett or TJ Watt games, cause they're not those guys. Mm-hmm. I, I hope that if there is some, stifle of the run game where the Titans defensive line gets on track and the Ravens can't run the ball, which I do think it will be a little bit of back and forth. I think the Ravens will have some reps. They win the Titans will have some reps. They win too. But part of the reason that I think a lot of people are concerned about this offense is not just because of the sloppiness, but because with the execution, it's not just the drops. It's also the offensive line in some circumstances. Kevin Zeitler had a pretty bad start to the year. He's improved and he's fine now, but with the injuries, there's been a lot of not, well, not a lot of continuity where they haven't had all their guys playing together. Odell still injured with the ankle injury that he suffered and wasn't hundred yeah. percent. He ended up leaving. Looks like he's running week. in mud, man. I saw a crossing route of his yeah. the other day on the, from that game. And whoo, man, that's not Odell Beckham. <laughs> well, that, that was the first, I think that was the first one. It was like a little, he's crossed over and slants it yep. over the middle and caught it. And then he had to leave the game because the, whatever injury, yeah. I think he just had to get the ankle tape taped up. And the right. thing with that contract is that it's not only a this year thing, because even though it's a one-year deal, 
they signed on for four void years. If he doesn't get re-signed, it'll be a pretty Bad substantial money. cap it for the next four years. So yeah. I know there were there were a lot of debates in Baltimore about should it have been Hopkins, should it have been Beckham. Obviously, Beckham was signed when Hopkins was still on the Cardinals. And then right, exactly. The Cardinals yeah, them. they didn't have that option. But at this point, with Baltimore, Lamar's been better against the Blitz, but he did struggle against the Colts in Week 3, for example. You want to give him as much time as possible because he – I can't remember who said it on Twitter, but he had – no touchdowns, one interception against Pittsburgh last week. It was probably the best no touchdown, one interception game anyone's ever had because of all the drops that happened. And the mm-hmm. stat is that Lamar's completion percentage right now is 69.9%, right around 70. And that's what the drops factored in. Again, this is a woulda, coulda, shoulda stat. I'm not too hung up on it. But right. if all seven right. of those passes were dropped, TB number one in the league, ahead of Josh yeah. Allen. If all eight were there, he would have been ahead of Josh Allen. The thing for Lamar that people talk about is, oh, he's not throwing the ball as much. Because in attempts, it's never been that way. Lamar's never been the quarterback to attempt 40 yards, you know, 40 passes per game and have all these right. deep shots. But if you can open up the field with the Zay Flowers and Rashad Bateman and figure out how to work those guys in a little more and get their confidence going. My bold prediction, Tyler, I did a bold prediction episode. It was Zay Flowers is going to be the number one receiver on the Ravens by the end of the season. Zay Flowers is the number one receiver now. Now, right <laughs> he was now. A, yeah. He was the number one receiver by the end of week one. Like, that's yep. just how it went. So they have to have other guys step up. And part of that is giving Lamar enough time to throw this football against this Titans pass rush. Yeah, and I think just one thing I want to mention here before we go to our predictions and kind of what, what, what we think will decide the game. I just want to say that uh, another thing that I'm looking for here is because the Ravens don't have wide receivers, honestly, that threaten. Um, the Titans, the way that maybe, you know, they played the Chargers, they played the Bengals, who have great wide receiver cores. The Ravens wide receiver group is not one of the better ones in the NFL. The Titans shouldn't feel wholly threatened by that group. I think who you got to worry about is Mark Andrews. So the Titans safeties over the middle of the field, Amani Hooker, Kevin Byard. I think dealing with Mark Andrews because Lamar just has that connection where no matter what's going on, he can find uh, Mark Andrews. And, you know, no matter what's going on, they'll always have that connection they can fall back on. And I think the Titans would do well to really kind of uh, gum up the middle of the field, make Lamar take shots down the sidelines. Lamar's been incredible this year. He's got like the highest percentage of hero throws, but also like the lowest percentage of turnover worthy throws. It's ridiculous. He's playing great football. So the only chance you have is to try to make him throw deep down the sideline and kind of gum up the middle of the field. That's something I'll be watching for matchup wise as well. But we're going to move forward here. We're going to talk about what we think will decide the game. We're going to give maybe some early tentative, tentative predictions in this game as well. Before we get into that though, Do want to let you guys know that today's episode is brought to you by the Jace case. Look, everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you're not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure that you have medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation, the licensed pharmacy medication delivery, to ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Get $20 off these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using code LOCKEDON. That's one word, Locked On at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E, medical.
All right, Kevin, we are going to cap off this crossover Thursday edition of Locked on Titans, Locked on Ravens. Again, thank you guys for making the Locked on Titans and Locked on Ravens podcast your first listen each and every day, Monday through Friday. Titans, Ravens content all year long, all apps, always for free. Make sure you get subscribed, stay subscribed. Throw a thumbs up on the video if you're watching right now. Uh, Titans fans. Throw a thumbs up on the video if you think the Titans are going to win. Ravens fans, throw a thumbs up on the video if you think the Ravens are going to win. Wait, never mind. Don't do that. I need likes too. Titans fans, just like the video out of the kindness of your heart. Let's go with that route. Ravens fans, you can like the video if you think the Ravens are going to win. That should do well for you, Kevin. But I uh, I let you go first in the first one. I start things off in the second. We'll flip back to you here, Kevin. What do you think will decide this game? And who do you think ultimately wins the game? If you want to give a score prediction, feel free. If you don't, that's fine. Different people feel different ways about it. Yeah, I know. Score predictions are a little funny sometimes, <laughs> especially because I, right. I like to take the whole week. But I'll, I'll give a tentative one at the end here. I think for the Ravens and the Titans, I think whoever has the more consistent game and whoever can get off to a fast start and hold momentum. Because yes. for the Ravens, from the Ravens side of things here, we've seen a couple of different ways this offense has played out over the course of the first five weeks. They've either started fast, like a great first drive or a great second drive, and then they've kind of fizzled out over the rest of the game, or they've started slow, and then they've picked it up either later in the first half or in mm -hmm. the second half. I think what I would like to see from the Ravens side of things and what would be key if either team were able to do it is if you can get a touchdown on the board earlier, a couple field goals on the board early, you can't just fizzle out after that. You have to continue the momentum, and that includes putting both your offense and your defense in good spots. One thing that the Ravens have not been doing offensively is putting their defense in good spots with the mistakes, the turnovers, the penalties. The Ravens' defense has played pretty lights out that year. I would, I, this year, I would not be surprised if Mike McDonald yeah. gets a couple of head coaching calls this offseason because of how good he has been, and obviously all in Baltimore would not like that to happen. He'd like to have him there for as long as possible. But he's been that good with Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen, and now they have Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Williams back, and they're starting to get most of their players in. They've done enough to win these football games. You know, 15 points, which is ultimately how much the Steelers' offense scored, 15 points should be enough to win you a football game if you have Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews and Zay yep. Flowers and all those guys. The Ravens score 10 against the Colts. It should be enough to win your football games if the defense holds Gardner Minshew. Kyle Hamilton sets the record for the most sacks in the first half by a defensive back, but you can't win the game because of the sloppiness and the turnover. So if the Titans can be consistent, if the Ravens can be consistent, to me, mm -hmm. for the Ravens side of things, the defense is playing well. And against Ryan Tannehill, obviously you have to key in on Derrick Henry, make sure he can't get going, and obviously stop DeAndre Hopkins and focus on him. But your offense also has to respond off those opportunities that your defense gives you. So the key to me is, again, getting Lamar in a rhythm early for the Ravens, getting the run mm -hmm. game going, and not making the Titans make you one-dimensional. The Titans can take away the run game based off of all their defensive performances that way, obviously, except for what happened last week. Right. If they can do that, then it's more on Lamar in the passing offense, which is fine because the reason that you got rid of Greg Roman and brought Todd Munkin in if you're Baltimore was mm -hmm. to further that passing game but not completely get away from yourself in the running right. game. And so the sloppiness, as I mentioned in the first segment, it comes from the coaches, it comes from the players. It's not just one specific player, one specific unit. But you have to be consistent with it because these games can be crazy in the fourth quarter where one team is dominating and then flip of a switch and, and all of a sudden things change. You know what, Kevin? The Titans need the Ravens to be sloppy, be messy. Just just do all of that. That's what the Titans kind of need the Ravens to beat themselves. 
is what the Titans need. And, and where that's going to manifest, as you know, is turnovers. The Ravens have lost the turnover battle in both their losses. I believe uh, they're 5-1, five and 5-1 to one turnover ratio in their losses this year. Um, so when the Ravens lose, it's because you turn them over. Lamar is cooking right now. So if you don't turn over them, they're going to get too many scoring opportunities. They're going to be able to put too many points on the board. It's just going to be impossible for the Titans' offense to keep up if they don't force some turnovers. Not only that, but like you said, the Ravens' defense is fantastic. Um, and the Titans' offense is going to need a little bit of help. They're going to need some short fields. Uh, they've been terrible in the red zone somehow, despite being a good red zone offense for years and years and years. All of a sudden, they're terrible in the red zone now. Um, that's confusing, but either way, with the red zone offense, with the offense in general, the Titans are going to need the defense to force some turnovers. Anytime that the Titans have beaten the Ravens, they've gotten some turnovers, except for that one time that A.J. Brown just went absolutely insane and carried the entire Ravens defense on his back in the end zone. But um, for some reason, that guy wasn't worth $20 million a year, and he needed to be traded for Traylon Burks, who probably will not be playing in this game. It's just so Ravens fans know. Um, so for me, it, all this comes down to is, will the Ravens beat themselves? The Ravens are the far better football team. If they beat themselves, the Titans can win. If they don't, they play clean fo football. The Titans don't have a chance to win. Um, I think the Ravens do commit a turnover just because there's a little bit of sloppiness early on. But I just don't think that the Titans are as good as the Ravens. I think the Ravens are a lot, a lot better football team. This is a neutral game that should have been a home game for the Titans, so they lose there. And the Ravens are playing it smart, and they're going out on Monday or are already out there on Monday so they can acclimate to the time zone and the environment and all that. The Titans are doing the same thing they did in 2018 when they lost and going there on Friday, which the Bills just complained about feeling like they weren't ready to go and the jet lag and all of that. So I don't think the Titans put themselves in a position to win this game. Um, I don't think the Titans are good enough to win this game unless the Ravens really mess up in some crazy way, which they're capable of doing. So for a score prediction, I'm going to have the Ravens winning this game. I think it is going to be 21 to 10. What I'll say, 21, 10. All right. For me, I'm going to go, I think Ravens win and the Ravens made sure that they did things differently this time around going abroad, mm -hmm. because as yep. you mentioned last time, the Ravens did things a lot differently. 2017. And yep. they lost 44 to seven to Jacksonville. So we're just going to forget that ever happened. And this is hopefully the start of the new Ravens. Hey, Jacksonville's abroad. playing in their home country though. So, you know, they always have an advantage. <laughs> Te when technically you're, you're at this point, you're right. I'm going to go 24 to 14 Ravens. I don't think mm -hmm. these abroad games usually get up into the like 30s no. or 35s cause, just because it's right. such a weird week for both teams. Mm -hmm. So I'll say 24-14 Ravens. I think the Ravens this is a big bounce back spot for them. If they don't win, yep. there are a lot more serious conversations that have to be had, especially going back home to play for the sure. Lions on that abroad Ooh. week against the Lions. Yeah, it's week seven at home. Yeah. So they have to get at least one of these two games, if not both. And I think the more likely one is probably this one. And it would be more important because it's, it's an AFC win. So I'm going to go Ravens 24 to 14. And I'll, I'll believe that they'll bounce back in this one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, I, th I think that's fair. And I agree with your assessment of London and everything. What I do want to say before we go is let's just hope both of our teams don't experience too bad injuries. Both yes. these teams, the Ravens and the Titans, have been historically bitten by injuries over the last few seasons, and they basically laid. Do you remember Kevin when when you were a kid? I'm a little older than you, but I, I think that I think that we're in a similar spot here. The the little rug that you'd laid down that was like a map of a city, and you could play oh, with sure. your little cars oh, sure. and blah, blah blah. They basically laid one of those down on concrete and then said, "Go out and play on it." So let's hope that both of our teams don't experience any 
huge, dramatic, terrible season-ending injuries, and let's just hope for hell when we're done with all of this. But uh, with that being said, that is going to do it for this Crossover Thursday, a week six Crossover Thursday across the pond as well. Make sure that you guys get subscribed, stay subscribed to Locked on Ravens over with Kevin, Locked on Titans with me. Uh, that's going to do it for this Crossover Thursday, though. Everybody enjoy the game, and we will see you again.